First John chapter two verse one says, "My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments." Amen. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk. Amen. Not worrying about everybody else, amen, but worrying about himself, how he is to walk. Even as he walks, talking about Jesus. And so I'm going to just title this uh, Walking with Jesus Part 2. Amen. It's just going to be a continuation of last Wednesday night's teaching. I pray that you'll give me your undivided attention and allow the Lord to uh, speak to you tonight. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing in reverence to the word of the Lord. Uh, Last uh, Wednesday night we talked about uh, walking like Jesus and and we talked about the ways that Jesus walked and the different scriptures that are in our Bible about uh, number one we talked about walking in newness of life and what that is is to be renewed each and every day in our walk with the Lord in times of prayer we're to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh we talked uh, uh Thirdly, about walking after his commandments and doing that which is pleasing before the word of the Lord. And then we move to talking about walking in the light and living in the light as he is in the light. And uh, we're going to continue from that point forward. And the point that I'm going to talk about, amen, as we begin tonight is to walk by faith. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. It is uh, an element that is critical, amen, to being successful in living for the Lord is walking by faith and not by sight. In contrast to walking by faith is walking by sight. As you know, this the Bible says it. Amen. Walking by sight involves walking in paths that are calculated by human reasoning as the best way of life to walk by sight. Is for you to sort of determine your own way, amen, and uh, with human reasoning try to figure things out and understand to the best of your abilities. But a child of God is admonished to walk by faith. Walking by faith is trusting the word and the spirit. When doing so, it seems in direct contradiction to your own human reasoning. Amen. There are times when God is going to speak to you in an uncertain situation or season of life. And the word of God is going to come back to you for we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. In spite of what I am seeing around me, in spite of the natural. Amen. I have got to be able to get into the spirit. I have got to be able to read the Bible and and extract and, and let faith begin to grow and to increase in me. And begin to walk by faith and to begin to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago it looked like, amen, Sister Didi was on her deathbed. But the people of God began to get in prayer and begin to allow a spirit of faith to work in them. Amen. Walking by faith and not by sight sometimes says, I refuse 
to believe the doctor's prognosis. I refuse to believe, amen, the critical, amen, things that I'm hearing about the situation. I'm going to believe that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly. And you've got to live your life with walking by faith. Hallelujah. In the natural world, the alternative to traveling, uh, the alternative, amen, to traveling by sight is flying by instruments and sailing by radar. If you're on, amen, on an aircraft, amen, and you go, and I've heard stories of how, how different pilots have encountered various weather patterns and they're going through a cloud and it's intense cloud and fog and thickness and they can't see around them and they don't know whether they're going up or down, right or left. It just It's hard to figure out what's happening. You have to trust the instruments and no matter how you feel, amen, there's been... You've heard stories of countless pilots that said, I'm going to, I don't believe what the instrument's telling me. I'm going to go where I'm feeling. And they've, uh, they've, they've had crashes into sides of mountains because their nose was pointing down or because they were trusting how they felt rather than the instruments. And in the spiritual realm, it's walking by faith. Amen. In spite of sometimes how you feel in your own heart. And in your own spirit, what the things that you're feeling, amen, if if you've got to allow the word of God to work in your life and say, God, I know that it looks like everything seems to be, uh, I don't don't like the way that it feels. Everything seems to be falling apart or whatever the situation. But I'm going to walk by faith. This walk requires the innate ability to see the unseen. That's why it's difficult for people Because you're having to look through eyes of faith. And it's not through the natural lens that you can see. Amen. The promise being fulfilled. Hallelujah. But sometimes it looks like. Amen. Something that's abstract. And and you you see something in the spirit. But you don't see it in the natural. You've got to begin to pray in faith. Believing that God is going to do it. Hallelujah. We set out here. Amen. A few, just a few years ago, my wife and I had previously been here for many, many years. And we were in this building, this sanctuary that was half the size. And we began to say, I see the walls being knocked down. Amen. I see, amen, the chairs being extended. I see what God is able to do. And so in spite of people that may have left, in spite of things that may have transpired, amen, I still press it towards, amen, that thing that I saw through eyes of faith. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. People that have walked by faith and not by sight, amen, have been individuals such as Abraham, amen. When the Lord began to speak to Abraham and said, get you out of Ur, the Chaldees, to a land that I will show thee. And the Bible says that he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Amen. The Lord said, go to a land that I'll show thee. In other words, I'm not going to give you every single step of the way, but I'm going to tell you, just start moving. Just get out of this situation and begin to go to the direction I'm giving. I'm pointing you in. Hallelujah. That is walking by faith. I don't have to have everything figured out sometimes. I don't have to have amen every single step lined out. But all I need is a word of direction from the Lord. And God wants me to walk in faith and in obedience to His word. Because of Abraham taking the step of faith. 
walking in faith, the father of the faithful. Hallelujah. There was an Isaac and there was a Jacob and there was a Joseph and, and there was a people of God that began to be formed from his loins. But first Abraham had to step out on the word of God. Moses too knew what it was to walk this walk. Amen. A walk of faith. Amen. Moses, amen, who God called to lead the people out of Egypt. Amen. God didn't always give him every single thing. Amen. Detailed and every box was checked and everything lined up. But there was times in Moses' life when God just said, get to Pharaoh's house and tell him, let my people go. And we've got to be of uh, the mindset and we understand that I, I'm going to obey the already revealed word of God in my life. The second way that we're to walk, amen, tonight is we are to walk honestly. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 13 says, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. These things that we're talking about tonight, there's various passages in the Bible where it says walk by X, Y, or Z. We're going through those tonight. We did it last Wednesday. We're going to go through it tonight, how we're to walk. So we are to have an understanding of the life that we are to live and the other life that we are to avoid. Or to shun. But if Romans 13, 13 says, let us walk honestly as in the day. And then tells us what is not to walk honestly. What is not walking in honesty. Not walking in honesty looks like rioting and drunkenness, chambering and wantonness, strife and envy. I began to uh, study out each of these words that is represented in Romans 13 and 13. And rioting. Amen. I'm reminded of a story just a few years ago of there were some riots. I don't know if it happened in Baltimore. Uh, and there was some, you know, there were uh, rioting and protesting against injustices. And, and, and there was lots of things going on on that particular day. And there on the, on the television, one lady saw the rioters. And this particular lady, as, as history tells us, amen, she, uh, she looked out and she said, that boy looks like my boy. You guys remember that? And she said, that looks like my boy. And she, she got up off her couch, went down to the riot place and began to grab him, slapping him upside down, dragging him by his sweater, pulling him out of there. You know what she said? She said, uh, she referenced her pastor in that television interview. My pastor would have been displeased. The voice of her pastor rang out in her mind when she saw that boy of hers rioting and protesting. She said, not, not on my watch. Right. Not as long as I'm your mama. Amen. But rioting, you know, and there's lots of this last 2020, there's lots of riots, lots of protests. The people of God don't belong rioting. Yeah. Amen. This is, this is just good stuff for you to know. Right. Amen. This is just good stuff for each and every one of us to hear. You say, well, there's a cause. You know what? The best way to... Uh, repeal the injustices is to get on your face before the Lord get a hold of God and let yourself be changed you can't change everybody else in this world 
but you can change you in, a, in the presence of the Lord. Right. Some people get so worked up about everything else outside the world, and yet in their world, amen, things are not well always. They've got to say, let God work inside of me. So Romans 13 and 13 says the opposite of walking honestly is obviously dishonesty. And what dishonesty looks like is, is rioting. Don't go to riots. Don't get involved in that. The second thing it talks about is drunkenness. It goes without saying, amen, to live for God, pleasing before the Lord. You ought to stay away from alcohol and wine and the like. And things that give you highs and, and take you out of your right mind. Amen. A child of God has no business, amen, uh, partaking of alcohol. You say, well, I just had a little bit. You know what? The Bible talks about, amen, you ought to stay away from it entirely. Neither give place to the devil, the Bible says. The, the third element that's talked about in Romans 13 and 13 is a word that the King James uses. And, and I didn't know what it meant. Uh, just looking at it, they said, but it uses the word chambering. Anybody know what chambering means? Probably not. You know what the word chambering means? If you look it up, it means shacking up. It's talking about sleeping around with others outside of marriage. Amen. Chambering is to go into somebody else's chambers and to have fornication and to have, you know what I'm talking about. That's chambering. That's walking in dishonesty. And God is not pleased with walking in chambering. The fourth thing that is mentioned in Romans 13 and 13 is an element, another word. We, we don't use it. We hardly read it. We don't know what it means probably, but the word wantonness. Wantonness, you probably guess it has a little bit to do with your wants. It is, but a little bit further than that, it's unbridled lust. It's like, like being licentious. It's unbridled lust. Amen. I, I see it, therefore I, I desire it, and I've got to have it, and, and nothing's going to stop me from obtaining this thing. And it's, it's unbridled lust. It's uncontrolled lust. That is what wantonness is. And it's not even always, amen, uh, from one man towards a woman or a woman towards a man, but it's, it's just things in life. It is what I want, so therefore I'm going to have it. That's unbridled lust. Amen. I, I, I see it and I want to have it and I'm not going to stop till you let me have it. It's really childish. And the fifth thing that Romans 13, 13 talks about is strife. Strife is contention or debate or variance or someone that's at odds or wrangling. It's just constant, just striving with one another. And the Bible says that this is walking in dishonesty. There is to be harmony in the house of God. There is to be harmony in our homes. Amen. This is not, this covers so much in our, in our lives. This covers, amen, uh, the, the marriage relationship between a husband and a wife. Amen. That it's not the will of God. And it's not pleasing before the Lord for them to be constantly fighting and, and just arguing and striving and contentious and, and wrangling for whose will is going to be whose whose will is going to be performed. Amen. It, it also, this also happens in the church. There's there's times when the enemy wants to just put strife and contention within the church. Sometimes it's at your job. Amen. There's a spirit of strife and contention. I've been there, I've felt it many times. And it only is, is dealt with, amen, as you and I get in prayer. 
I remember years ago, and I've shared this, I've shared this, my, these are the stories I know, but I felt that spirit of strife and contention at my workplace several years ago. And I, it drove me crazy because I was not doing anything wrong, and yet people disliked me, and they just looked at me sideways, and I thought, and I walk into a room, and all of a sudden they stop talking, and they start whispering. And they're, you know, it's like, what's going on? And like, obviously, I'm not an idiot. And I begin to pray. I begin to walk at my lunchtime. And I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I begin to rebuke that spirit. Because that's not of God. And God took care of that. God removed that individual. The, the sixth thing that's talked about in Romans 13 and 13 is envy. An envious and a contentious rivalry or jealousy. We should be able to see one another be blessed. And high five and say, I'm rejoicing with you. Not, well, how did she get that, man? I've been, why did pastor do that? Why, you know what? Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Amen. That is walking in honesty. To do the opposite, to, to walk in jealousy and envious, is to walk dishonestly before the Lord. To be uh, to walk honestly is to walk with sincerity. Yeah. And the, the, the next thing I want to talk about is to walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Love, as you know, is one of the major themes of the Bible that we, we hold in our hands. And it's something that we are to walk in. We are to follow after love. We are to let love regulate our actions, our motives, our desires. And we are to uh, live our life, amen, with his love shed abroad in our hearts, as the Bible says. We are to let our actions, our speech, our behavior, and our decisions be guided by love. Our lives should be guided by love, not by vengeance, not by strife, not by wantonness, not by being licentious, not by, by, by drunkenness and chambering, all of these things. But it should be guided by love. Amen. I love him and I've experienced his love in my life. And his love is going to direct me. And even though, you know, somebody may treat you the wrong way or you may feel like you were jaded or mistreated by somebody or whatever the situation uh, that you've been dealt with in life, you can still, you've got his love. You can say, I love you and I've already forgiven you. And I'm free as a bird. I'm not bound by any bitterness, by any strife. When love rules the day, it's a liberating experience in your life. We're to love Jesus with all of our hearts. We're to love one another. We're to love our enemies. We're to love our family. And we're to love our leaders. Let love be the guiding force in your life. Let all things be done in love. The next thing I want to talk about that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, if you have it, if you have your Bible, turn there with me. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3.
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. But in verse 1, it says that we are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Amen. Vocation in the Greek means an invitation. Amen. Or a call that has been given from one person to another. Its verb form means to be invited, to be appointed, or to be called. And this scripture is speaking of our calling as Christians. And how that God has saved us and God has redeemed us and God has restored us and God has done a great work in our lives. And we are from that point forward to walk worthy of the vocation or the calling that God has put upon our lives. Paul here emphasizes that we are to conduct ourselves and order our lives in a manner worthy of such a high call. How many of you have jobs? You go to work. Amen. Raise your hand. You got jobs? What am I? If your boss told you tomorrow, in four weeks, you're going to be manager of this department. Let's see it, all the skills necessary you felt like. You probably would start to change the way you behave just a little bit. Because you say, I got to, I, I got to, let's say, let's say it was even bigger. Let's say, uh, let's say the top boss here come and said, Nathan Hall, I'm going to appoint you CEO. Don't worry, I'll tell you, tell, teach, teach you everything you know. And you're going to be CEO. In one month's time. Yeah, okay, well, what do I do? Do I need to dress different? Do I need, uh, you know, who do I need to know? Who do I, what do I need to do? Do I need to show up earlier, stay a little bit later? What is that? You, you understand there's something that is required of you. There's a change that has to be exemplified in your life. To, so people can say, hey, if he's going to be our chief executive officer, the boss of the company, well, he's got to have a higher standard. Because we're going to follow him. And, and the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that we're to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called. And when God has saved you, now all of a sudden, amen, the world's watching. And they're studying you. And they're looking. So you went to church, huh? Yeah, he's dressing differently. Yeah, he's talking a little differently. Not so quick to snap back. They see a change. They're walk, you're walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. And that is what the Apostle Paul admonishes the church in Ephesus. To walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Walk like a Christian. Live like a Christian. Amen. Live like an overcomer. Live like somebody that's got his love and his spirit and his word working in your life. Show forth the fruits. Don't just say you're a Christian and a child of God, but you've got to show forth the praises. You've got to live like it. There's got to be a change in your behavior, in your walk, in your talk, in your actions. And people say, yeah, he's, he, he, he looks like a Christian. He talks like a Christian. He, he acts like a Christian. There is a change that's taking place in his life. That is walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. 
as you get involved in leadership in the church, there's more that's expected of you. And the leaders understand that. In this church, as a pastor, I, I continually remind the church, come early for prayer. Amen. You've got you to be faithful in tithes. You've got to be faithful in offerings. And, and, and there's, 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 there's more that's required of leaders. It's required in leaders, amen, that, that, you, that you live an overcoming life. And the others can, in the church can look to you and say, man, I want to be like Brother Noah. He's just, he just he, even though he goes through trials and situations, he always has a smile. He's just always early, he's always faithful. Amen. He, he just he shows up, he supports pastor, he's faithful in tithes and offerings. That's what a leader looks like. Someone that is leading, not following. Someone that is walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called. And again, if you're in leadership, it's an even higher calling. And there should be in each leader in this church the ability, ability to demonstrate what it means to overcome and to walk in such a way as not to bring a reproach to the kingdom of God. Right. We're to walk a step above. The next thing is we are to walk in good works. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. The same book, if you have your Bible still open to Ephesians 4, just turn it back to one page or so. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says it like this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are to walk in good works. That's what the Bible says. But oftentimes people read this passage of scripture and they start at verse number eight and they stop at verse number nine, which says, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And people throw out everything else and say, it's only by grace are we saved. You need to stop trying to get baptized and get the Holy Ghost and go to church and and pay your tithes because that is works and that's not going to get you anywhere. And they throw everything else out and say, grace covers everything. The Bible says, by grace are ye saved and that through faith, amen, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. That's talking about, amen, uh, salvation in this part. Grace is the saving element, but we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus unto good works. So good works follows, amen, the, sal- the saving effort, amen. Salvation comes by grace through faith as a gift of God. It then empowers and motivates us to do works of righteousness. And those who lack works of righteousness lack salvation because you can't have one without the other. And they lack genuine faith which invariably produces the good works. Works do not produce salvation, but they will proceed from salvation. Good works will proceed from a life that has been saved and sanctified by the power of God. Amen. Acts 2.38 still matters. You must repent. Amen. Be water baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But in that moment, amen, it is, amen, the power of God that works in your life. 
And if you'll allow there to be a legitimate salvation, amen, uh, event in your life, there will be good works that proceed from the act of salvation. And if there's no good works that proceed, amen, it is invalidated. And it means that, you know, something was amiss in that saving effort. Amen. I remember watching one man, amen, as he was water baptized. And he did it out of just uh, to be a showman. And he said, look, is this what you wanted? I got water baptized. Not faith. Not faith at all. But when there's an act of faith, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. But when all the elements of faith and obedience and the blood, amen, water baptism and repentance, amen, and, and Holy Ghost in feeling are activated and begin to work together, amen, it produces something in your life. It's not, amen, the end all. It's the beginning of a new chapter in your life. And from the moment of salvation, when you got the Holy Ghost, you got baptized, God said, from here on out, I want there to come from the inside something that is going to be good, that's going to bless you, going to bless your family, going to bless your church, going to bless the world. Faith without works is dead. But works are the exhibition of the unseen force of faith in the believer. Walk in good works. Walk in good works. There's nothing wrong with doing something nice for a neighbor, for a friend. There's nothing wrong with that. Do something good in your world. Do something good in your life. Do something good at your job. Do something great in your home. Amen. Do something good. Do something great in your life. And Galatians 6 and 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. That's talking about the church. Of all places to do good, do good in the church. Let it not be said that you, you mistreated or, or there, there's, there's something that happened and you mistreated somebody, you slandered somebody, you gossiped. You know what? It should be that in the church house, amen, is the best place to find people doing good works unto one another. Some people will just talk and never do anything about it. But I'm admonishing you, amen, do something good in your life. Do something great in your life. You say, well, what can I do? You know what? Get in prayer. Open your heart to the word of God. See what God speaks to you. God will open doors for you if you're looking for an opportunity and you have a willingness to step into that open door and do something. You say, really? Yes. What you know what, you know what happened in the last several seven days? We've had six people in Bible studies in this last seven days. Because someone says, I'm available. Can he use me? I'm going to do something good with my life. I'm going to be a blessing. Because as the Bible teaches us, amen, uh, God's promise to Abraham that uh, I'm going to bless you and in thee shall all the nations of the world be blessed. If God's deposited something into you, God's been a blessing to you. Amen. Don't try to just, you know, it's all for me. Be a blessing to somebody else. Be a blessing to somebody else. And let me finish with just a couple of points about how we are not to walk. We are not to walk disorderly. Amen. Not only are Christians to refrain from unruly and insubordinate 
people or behaviors, but also to withdraw from professing saints who act or behave in such a disorderly manner. Hypocritical, insincere, and treacherous people should not be a part of your inner circle of friends or with whom you have fellowship. Amen. You ought to look at the people that you're around and say, hey, are these people I'm hanging around with, are they living honestly and sincerely before the Lord? Are they encouraging me to live for the Lord? Are they talking bad about pastor? Are they discouraging me to follow leadership in my life? Are they trying to always discredit the Bible and, and the things that I do? Amen. You ought to find somebody, amen, that's walking the same direction you're walking. Walk honestly. Don't walk disorderly. We are not to walk in darkness. Hatred of our brother places us in the unenviable position of walking in darkness. Amen. Look at the relationships in your life and say, is there so much drama in my life with people in my life? If there's so much drama in your life, and it's not just with one person, but with multiple people, you ought to look inwardly and say, God, Help me, God, to walk in the light. Because when we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And his love is shed abroad in our hearts. But when the opposite is true, we're walking in darkness, there's just this animosity. The thing that we're not to walk also is we're not to walk by sight. Walking after our own intuitions or sight indicates our lack of trust in God's ability to lead us. Our natural tendency is to rely on tangibles rather than the intangibles in our decision making. We are not to walk by sight. We are to walk by faith. Amen. When we started out to pastor the church here, amen, I told this a thousand times already, but tell it again. Amen. I I quit. uh, We sold our house and then I lost my job. And then we had to move in with my parents. And it was a walk of faith because I didn't know when my next job was going to be. Amen. Some people may be here tonight and they have lost their job or things may have happened. Amen. You've got to be able to say, I'm not going to walk by sight. I'm going to walk by faith. Amen. Things may seem topsy-turvy. I may not know what's going on, but I refuse to walk by sight. I will walk by faith. I will trust in the Lord. I will walk in faith. We are not to walk in craftiness. Our lives should be open and honest before the Lord and before man. And never should we be known or perceived as being crafty or tricky or slippery type individuals with so much ulterior motives that no one really knows what we mean anymore. We are to walk honestly with sincerity. We are not to walk We're not to walk in the vanity of our minds, the Bible says, which is following our own ideas, concepts, or imaginations. Doing so will always put us in an opposing position to the leadership of the Word and the Spirit and the leadership in your life. I'm thankful today for my wife. So many times things have happened in my life, and my wife has always been the first one to say, well, you don't know what they're going through. They, they may not have meant it that way. They, 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 probably, they probably didn't mean it that way. And, and they probably got so much going on in their life, they're probably stressed out. And she always gives a bit for the doubt. And that's helped me a lot in my life. To not think 
amen, uh, that let, let my imagination begin to run wild and begin to form uh, opinions and, and make decisions based on what I thought, amen, and walking in the vanity of our mind. But we have got to be mature enough to not let human reasoning cloud our walk of faith. We've got to get to the place where we say, God, you're in charge. You're in control. Sister over here, brother over here, I'm sure they didn't mean it the way it came across. Something's probably going on in their life. God, you're, you're faithful. I'm not going to let it bother me. Don't walk in the vanity of your mind. And the, fi- the final thing is not, we are not to walk after the flesh. Don't let our carnal desires and our appetites rule our person, us as individuals. You know what? It feels good to give it to carnal appetite and lust and desires in the moment. But man, after a while, as my father would tell you, tells his, his, his story, it was, it was, everything was fun in the beginning, but after a while, you were bound. You're bound by those carnal desires and those lusts, and it has a hold on you. And I, have, I, I know someone today that cannot escape the lifestyle of sin. And it's fun for a moment, but it's a fleeting moment, and he cannot escape. Don't let carnal desires and appetites rule your person. If you'd stand with me, amen, as I'm closing, amen, this uh, lesson tonight. I want to leave you with one last thing. As we're talking tonight about walking like Jesus. I pray that these things will be a blessing to your life. I pray that they'll be a help to your life. I want to say one last thing, if I could have your attention. Pursuing and walking after right things for a lifetime. If you'll commit your heart and your mind to pursuing and walking like Jesus... For the rest of your life. There will come a day. When those. All those moments in time. Will culminate. Into a transformation in your life. When it will go from. Walking like Jesus. On this earth. To walking. With Jesus. In white clothing. Unblemished. On streets of gold next to the crystal clear sea and looking at the gates of pearl and and all the wonderful things that God has in store for this church. If you'll walk with him today and say, God, for the rest of my life, I'm going to walk like you. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to believe you, God, that one day I will walk with you on streets of gold and I'll have such a relationship with you, God, that it will be the joy of my life to be with the Lord. Some of you are not going to like heaven with the lives you've been living. Such a distance relationship with the Lord. Because heaven's all about Jesus. And if you can't stand to pray for a few moments, if you can't stand to lift up your hands in a service, If you can't stand to come to church, you're not going to enjoy heaven.
certainly not going to enjoy the alternative. But if our hearts are in the right place tonight, we'll say, God, while I'm here on this earth, help me to walk like you. Help me to walk in faith, obedience, all of these different things that pastors talked about. That one day I might walk with you in white clothes on streets of gold. Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for your love tonight for this church. I thank you, Lord, that you're so faithful and so good. I pray tonight, God, that this group of people that's here tonight and those that are watching online and those that are not here, God, I pray you would strengthen them. I pray, God, you would bless them. I pray, God, that you would uphold them in your hand. I pray, God, that the hand of the Lord would continue to work in their lives. God, let this church continue to march forward into revival and to victory, God. I pray that each and every individual under the sound of my voice tonight, God, would develop such a relationship with God. God, that their, their, their most passionate desire in this life is to be with you, is to be pleasing before the Lord. God, help this church, every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl, to have a relationship with you, to walk like you, God, to walk pleasing before you. And we'll give you the glory and the honor tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. The offering plates are here on the platform. Amen. We invite you to come and give. We're going to be back here on Sunday morning at 1030. 10 o'clock for pre-service prayer. Amen. Come early for prayer. Amen. Let's also continue to remember Brother Gutierrez in our prayers. Sister Alice, Sister Janet. Amen. Drake. Amen. And all the different needs that are represented. Amen. God bless you. I love each and every one of you. Amen. I'm praying for you. Amen. Shake someone's hand. God bless you in Jesus' name.